0: Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. I strongly support and value the uniqueness of all individuals and provide a safe community where diversity is embraced. Through my mentorship and signature program called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information and to get on the wait list for any of my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody my name is karen fabian i'm your host and welcome to conversations for yoga teachers i am here today doing episode recording episode 115 on february 1st which i feel like is just good i don't want to say good karma but just a good vibe that it's the beginning of the month Uh, as i sit here at my desk it is snowing uh pretty steadily outside here in boston and we are in for a long day into the night of snow. So wherever you are, I hope that you are actually someplace warm, maybe you're not, maybe you're also uh, looking at uh, the same kind of snow that I am. But be that as it may, it is winter here in Boston and it is uh, you know just part of, part of what we go through, the ups and downs of the weather. So it's all good and I hope you had a lovely weekend. I wanna give you um, just a quick of update on uh, the uh, outcome of my wellness event, which I held on Saturday, the Bare Bones Yoga Wellness Weekend. If you're listening right now and you were one of the uh, people who attended the weekend or attended the event, I want to thank you so much for participating. For those of you who maybe saw the uh, event promotion and weren't able to make it, uh, don't worry because I am going to do another one uh, in the second quarter of this year because the feedback was so, great from all the people who attended that I am just completely inspired to uh, to do it again in a similar format. You know the the uh, folks who attended said that it was just exactly what they needed, the right amount of time. I had a really um, fun agenda planned where we did everything from yoga to meditation to a tarot card reading to a fitness session. I taught just a whole bunch of different. Uh, different short sessions focused on different things. And at the end of the day, one of the things that um, people really uh, commented on was the neuroscience presentation and just learning more about the brain. And so what I wanted to do in our episode today is I wanted to give you a little um, kind of sneak peek into that presentation, so to speak, so that you could also um, just benefit from some of the information uh, that I shared. It gives me a way to kind of, you know, reach, especially those of you who heard about the event and for whatever reason, weren't able to attend. It'll give you a way to um, uh, enjoy some of, some of what was shared. So let me just start out by saying, you know, why I wanted to include something about neuroscience. Over the past, I'd say definitely over the past year, if not over the past two years or three years, I have been really diving into learning more about the brain. And it's kind of interesting because of course, as a yoga teacher, uh, we focus on skeletal muscles and uh, their role in human movement. And the central nervous system, the brain and the spinal cord, of course, are a huge part of that, um, our ability to move. However, when when we study anatomy for yoga teaching, we don't really typically get involved in discussing the nervous system and discussing the brain in terms of its functionality. And so I you know, on a personal level, wanted to spend some time to take a deeper dive into understanding how the brain works in large part because I saw it as an important part of my own personal growth. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast. If if you're newer to the podcast, or maybe you didn't hear me uh, when I mentioned it before, maybe you didn't catch the episode. I can't remember which one where I mentioned it. I had worked about two and a half years ago with a neuroscience coach which is um, a specialty uh, of coaching where you're really focused on um, how someone, this is going to sound weird, but (laughs) how someone's, not so much how their brain works, but how their thinking shapes who they are. And this is where some people might make a distinction between the brain and the mind, whether or not you agree that that's a valid distinction. The, The reality is when you work with a neuroscience coach, there's quite a bit that Uh, goes on in terms of their observing how you perceive things and how you verbalize things. And what I found out in my work with a neuroscience coach was that it really revealed to me a lot of the self-limiting beliefs that I was operating under. And it also really revealed to me what I was saying that was really just so self-limiting in its expression. And you know, sometimes you can think of certain words by their nature being very limiting in the way they come across. So if you are someone who maybe says, I'll never be able to do that, or that never happens to me, or um, that that kind of scenario is, is only seen in this kind of situation. You know, someone who's very rigid in their thinking and whose verbalization is very much Filled with these kind of these words that are just kind of a hard stop. So when I began to work with the neuroscience coach, I really uncovered a lot of, as I said, self-limiting beliefs I had, identities I had about myself that really were holding me back because I was really holding on to them tightly. And it was coming out as well in um the word choices I was making. And so from that initial experience, I really steered kind of my own um, self-study work efforts to seeking out different coaches, different experts in neuroscience. And I've landed upon one particular person who I've mentioned on the podcast before, Dr. Andrew Humerman, who is professor of neuroscience and ophthalmology at Stanford. And uh, through uh, just kind of absorbing his free content, whether it's webinars or different presentations he gives, which are public, uh, his podcast is a, is a new um, podcast that he's recently launched. I've learned a tremendous amount about brain functionality. And in addition, I've also read a number of books. And so when I was heading into planning for my wellness event uh, that I held this past weekend, I knew I wanted to share what I had learned in this area of neuroscience, not to present myself as an expert by any means, but instead, um, you remember when you were in school and you kind of, you used to do these book reports, (laughs) I kind of felt a little bit like that. I felt more like a reporter reporting on what I had learned and you know, there there's still a place for that. You know, I mean, when I teach anatomy, it's coming from a deep well of knowledge that I have developed over many, many years. My, my um, review of neuroscience and learning neuroscience is not only a self-study exploration, but it's not through any kind of certified pathway or official coaching program or academic training. It's really self-study. However, there is still a lot, and I'm sure you probably have things that you've learned in this fashion where you could still, you know, kind of report to someone what you, what you have learned. And so that's what I'm going to do today. And that's what I did for the preparation I did for this talk I gave at the presentation, at the um, wellness event, which is I really reported to them, um, you know, what I had what I had learned. And so that's what I wanna give you a window into today. I don't know that we'll go over the entire presentation um, but I wanna give you at least a synopsis of, of what I went over. And again, keep in mind if you're someone who feels like you know, you're always kind of living in this mode of um, wanting to try things, wanting to take on new things, but you hear that voice in your head that says, oh, I can't do it. Or you've tried this before. Don't try it again. It's never going to work. This is the kind of thing where um, understanding more about your way of thinking can be really revealing and can help set you on the right track so that you can start to, you know, in a healthy way, question that voice in your head and, and make different, make a different decision. And that different decision is really a decision to, um, as one of my first teachers, yoga teachers used to say, be a yes. And I remember when, you know, when I used to hear him say that, I used to think it kind of sounded hokey, but that's really what it is. It's being a yes to things, especially. And even when, and especially when your instinct is to say no, And so with that, what I'm going to do here, I have to do a little bit of a, a little bit of a kind of a technical thing here, because I have to actually share my screen with myself (laughs) so that I can open the presentation and record it for you. So the, um, the, the idea of this presentation is, or this conversation is to give you an idea of the power of your brain. And, you know, most of us don't really think about the power of our brain. We just kind of take for granted that it works and it keeps us alive and it protects us. And this is an opportunity to kind of look deeper into um, brain functionality. So one of the things I want you to, I want to start out this conversation with is this idea that, everything in our body, every organ in our body is consuming a certain amount of energy to allow us to function. You know, if you kind of think about your car and you think about, you need to put gas in your car in order to keep the car running. So think about all the different organs in your body and how they each have different metabolic demands, different nutritional demands. And I want you to now think what organ in your body consumes 20% of your energy, 20% being considered a significant amount, and that would actually be the brain. So I want you to think about your brain as, you know, Uh, not only consuming a large portion of your energy, but also the organ that is responsible for budgeting resources for the rest of your body. You know, if you kind of think about, you know, maybe you grew up in a house where your mother or father was in charge of the budget for the house, right? And so when you think about that, that person was responsible for kind of giving you allowance or giving, you know, your mother or father money to go grocery shopping, paying the bills. So that person was acting as kind of the person in charge of the budget. So the brain budgets resources for the rest of your body. It regulates your water intake, the distribution of water throughout your body, other things as well like salt and glucose and other resources within you. And scientists call this budgeting process, allostasis, And this is a really important role among other roles that the brain plays. And you know, if you think about your brain's central mission, your brain's central mission is to keep you alive by managing the body's budget around the consumption of those variables I just mentioned. So everything we do, you can consider as a withdrawal or a deposit in your metabolic budget. So think about the night you stay up really, really late. Um, You can think of that as a withdrawal, right? Because then the next day you don't feel as great. You might have to sleep in to kind of compensate for staying up late. By the same token, think about getting a hug from someone you love and how that is such an investment in your body budget. You know, getting a good night's rest, how that is such an investment in your body budget. So. Everything you do, you know, if you frame, you know, your activities of your day or your interactions with other people as either a withdrawal or a deposit, that really puts you much more in the driver's seat when it comes to different situations where your instinct might be to fly off at the handle or get really upset. And then you think, you know, how is that really going to help me? All that's really going to do is you know, decrease the energy I have to otherwise put towards something else, you know? And so that's when we can start to really live at cause and make decisions rather than being reactive all the time. So that's just one, one example. So the idea here is to understand how your brain works and in turn, how to stay healthy and live longer. So I want to go into, you know, some just what I consider simply astonishing ideas about the brain. And at the end of this conversation, I'm going to give you the references that I pulled this information from. Because again, as I said, as the preface to this conversation, I am not reporting on this, you know, from a deep well of my own knowledge, I'm reporting it to you more from uh, the work I've done to kind of assimilate information in my quest to understand neuroscience better. So, Scientists have recently discovered that the brains of all mammals are built from a similar plan. The brains of reptiles and other vertebrates follow that same plan. The neurons that form a mammal's brain are created in a very organized, predictable order. And the ordering holds true for everything from rats to dogs to humans. So you're probably listening to this and thinking, well, then are you saying my brain is the same kind of brain as the brain of a rat? So let me continue. So the brains look different in these different species because the manufacturing process runs in stages in brain development and the stages last longer or shorter depending on the species. So for instance, the stage to produce neurons and neurons are the cells of the brain, the stage to the nervous system, the stage to produce neurons for the cerebral cortex in humans runs for a shorter time in rats and a shorter time in lizards. So even though kind of the overall plan is the same, it's kind of like you're turning on and turning off the development time depending on the species. And you you almost hear about that turning on and off um, concept when you hear about cancer development, when cancer is developing in someone, it's the turning on of cell growth in a negative way, in a malignant way, in an unhealthy way. And so that is, again, what a lot of cancer research is trying to discover. What is the source uh, at the level of the genome, at the level of, you know, DNA of the break in coding that makes this cell growth just happens so rapidly in an abnormal way. So during the course of evolution, certain genes mutated to cause particular stages of brain development to run for longer or shorter periods of time, producing a brain with proportionally bigger or smaller parts. So the bottom line is your brain is not more evolved than a rat or a lizard. It's just differently evolved. So. I think that's pretty (laughs) mind-blowing. Now, the other thing I wanted to report on uh, from the research I've done is that some of the metaphors that we often hear in regards to the brain and how the brain works don't actually bear themselves out anymore, although they are still out there. So things like the idea that the left side of your brain is logical and the right side of your brain is creative is really just a metaphor. Your brain is actually a network, a collection of parts that are connected to function as a single unit. It's comprised of billions of neurons, each like a little tree with branches called dendrites and the trunk called the axon. And it sends signals to other neurons through its roots. This network configuration means that our brain has complexity. So your brain can configure itself into many different neural patterns. It allows us to do things like work flexibly in many different situations. It allows us to think abstractly. It allows us to care about the past and future, which is a skill that animals don't have. Complexity also means your brain can create massive numbers of different patterns by combining bits and pieces of old patterns it has made before. This allows the body or the allows the brain to run the body efficiently in a world of constant change by recalling patterns that helped it in the past, as well as generating new ones to try. Now, This might be a great springboard into shifting the discussion from neuroscience to neuro-linguistic programming. Because when we think about this idea of leveraging old patterns so that you don't have to redo things over and over again, that typically sounds great, right? You don't wanna have to start from ground zero every time you tie your shoe in terms of how do I do this? You wanna be able to leverage the pattern that you already have developed around shoe tying as a skill and be able to just recall that. And as a result, redo the tying of the shoe over and over and over again to a point in your life where it's completely automatic to you, the process of tying your shoe. However, in other situations, the idea of leveraging patterns that we have Doesn't always put us in the best place when it comes to personal growth and development and, you know, kind of living life to the fullest, because think about it. If you had a pattern that you've developed in your life, like maybe take smoking, let's say you started smoking when you were a teenager um, because friends around you started smoking. That was a pattern. That was a habit you'd developed. Well, we all know that smoking is not good for you. And over time, you might have some really detrimental health effects because you're smoking. That doesn't necessarily mean you'll stop smoking. It means you need to be able to come up with strategies to address the addiction and the habit that you'd created around smoking. Well, now, instead of thinking of it as smoking, why don't we kind of shift it and think about What if you had a pattern of relating to people, relating to other people that was detrimental to developing healthy relationships? What if you had a certain way of thinking about yourself that was also holding you back? So those are patterns that we would want to break, just like the smoking pattern, but it's just as hard and it takes just as much kind of personal growth sometimes to be able to break any kind of habit. So this is the kind of thing, you know, when we talk about the brain, its ability, um, because it has complexity to um, create all these different patterns and leverage them, it's a good thing. And by the same token, it's something that we have to keep our awareness on if it is supporting habits we don't want to continue to proliferate throughout our life. So as I said before, you know, having this particular part of our conversation is a great springboard into shifting the focus from what we started talking about, which is neuroscience to talking about neuro-linguistic programming and NLP. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what that is. Neuro-linguistic programming is the study of the process of human thought. So remember, that's what I said at the beginning of this talk. I said, there's something that we need to understand more about how we think. So this is it, neuro-linguistic programming is the study of the process of human thought. It's the study of what actually goes on when we think. NLP, neuro-linguistic programming is an understanding not of the brain, but of how the mind using the brain expresses itself in your life and creates what you call your experience. If you dissect a brain, which I've had the um, opportunity to do, uh, you won't find a part in the brain called the mind. However, you will find (laughs) tissue, nerve tissue, which stores various bits of data and assembles them rearranges them and arrange and rearranges them again so you can call up these bits of data when you want so this is similar to what i was saying before you know when you want to tie your shoe you're just recalling the pattern of how to do it when you want to walk you just recall unconsciously the pattern of how you do it think about as an adult when you learn something new it takes a lot of effort then the next few times you do it until the learning just becomes ingrained within you. So, you know, if you dissect a brain, you won't find a part called the mind, but within the nerve tissue that resides in the brain, there is various bits of data uh, stored and that's what we have access to. Now, remember what we learned before when we were talking about how the brain was configured. It's a network that has complexity, we said that, right? Network that has complexity as one of its features. And part of that complexity is the brain's ability to work efficiently. So if working efficiently means you are constantly doing and thinking the same things based on patterns of thinking you've held all your life, is that helping you grow or holding you back? This is where the study of NLP can be helpful In our development, it can help you discover how you think. It allows us to explore our personal thinking patterns. It brings to light ways of thinking that might be holding you back from doing what you really want to do in your life. So, I want you to just kind of go through a little exercise with me here. I want you to think about a time when you really were firing on all cylinders. I want you to kind of imagine whatever it is that comes to you um, as something, you were doing something, you were really excelling at it. You know, maybe it's teaching yoga. Maybe you had an opportunity to teach recently and you were really feeling like you were authentic. The cues were flowing from you easily. You were connecting with students. You know, that even can happen in a virtual scenario. It doesn't need to be an in-person class. It could be something totally different. It could be something with your family or something in your job or, you know, just something where you're really feeling like Uh, where you really felt like it was a, a, an opportunity for you to shine. And now what I want you to do, if you can close your eyes is close your eyes and just envision you doing that thing, you know, doing whatever it is, the positive feedback you're getting, you know, to yourself, maybe even positive feedback you're getting from those around you. I want you to get really kind of into the experience. What are you wearing? What are you doing? What are you saying? And, and just kind of stay with that for a couple of moments. And as you stay with that, I want you to also add a particular um, feature to this visualization. I want you to imagine that you're standing inside uh, a circle. So you're standing inside this circle, and you've you've brought with you all of this goodness, all of these feelings of goodness around how you are when you are operating on all five cylinders. Everything is going great. You're doing, you know, whatever it is that came to you in this visualization exercise, and you're standing in this circle as you're imagining this. Now, what I want you to do is step outside the circle, but within that circle is still all of the characteristics of you, all of what made you excel in whatever that thing was. It's just kind of contained within that circle. Now I want you to shift your focus to something you have to do in the near future that you have a little anxiety around. Maybe it's a difficult conversation you have to have with somebody. Maybe it's you need to ask for a raise. Maybe it's you need to, or you, I shouldn't say need to. Maybe it's that you want to pursue some teaching opportunities and you're nervous about it. Maybe you've got a teaching demo coming up. I've actually heard a lot about that recently in my Facebook group. A couple of teachers have demos coming up to get hired for jobs. So whatever that scenario is that's got you feeling a little bit anxious, I want you to just identify that scenario now. And then from there, I want you to, you know, knowing that that's a scenario you've got coming coming up for you, I want you to step back into the circle, step back into the circle, where all of those feel good feelings exist from your prior success and see if any of those things can apply to what you have to do or what you need or want to do that's ahead of you where you're feeling a little tentative, you're feeling a little unsure. And just know the point of this exercise is to know that you always have that circle to rely on. You can step into it as part of a visualization, we've, we've scratched the surface a little bit here by having you step into that circle while you're at the same time imagining doing the thing that you have a little anxiety over. So just know that you have that experience. And then I want you to just kind of sit with that for a moment. Okay. So I'd love to know if anything came to you from this experience. So please send me a DM on Instagram and let me know if anything came up for you as you were doing this exercise. This can be really powerful because, you know, what you're essentially doing is leveraging the, remember we said bits of data. You're leveraging the data in your brain around doing well at something and then applying that to a different situation and trying to make that connection there to kind of, you know, have your brain recognize I've been here before. I can do this. I can tackle this. This is not a problem. This is an opportunity, right? Rather than listening to all those self-limiting beliefs. Oh, this is never going to work. Oh, these people are judging you or whatever might be coming up for you. So what can we, gain by studying NLP. You know, and you just did this little exercise in the NLP realm here. So you can learn how to uncover your personal thought processes. You can learn how to change these thought processes so you can get more out of life. You can move past self-limiting beliefs that you take, <laughs> excuse me, as fact about yourself, things like I'm not good with numbers or I'll never be able to get along with that person. You know, all of those kinds of self limiting beliefs oftentimes are tied to just being on autopilot, not being present. And I think we all, as yoga teachers and practitioners, we all can appreciate and know that so much of the magic of just living lies in being present, being present and mindful. And when we're not, that's oftentimes when problems come up. So I'm going to just wrap up this conversation by just sharing three um, techniques, not really techniques, or three ways of being where you might be on autopilot and not realize it. So the first one is generalization. We've all done it. We've all generalized. I want to just give you a definition from NLP as to what this is. Generalization is noticing how an experience is similar to other experiences. So an example might be, this person reminds me of so-and-so, or I've been in this sort of place before. So generalizations like that can lead to limiting beliefs. You know, something like all people that live in such and such a place are all wealthy. You know, maybe you could say Pebble Beach. Um, generalizations can lead us to make assumptions, right? And we all know <laughs> assumptions, you don't wanna be making assumptions. So that's the first part. A second um, way of being we can uh, hold that is um, part of, you know, not only operating in, self, in a self-limiting belief sort of way, um, but just not a present way is deletion, which is dropping away certain aspects of an experience. When you focus intensely on something and other things are outside of your awareness, that is an example of deletion. This can lead you to missing certain important aspects of an experience. And that can lead you to making incorrect assumptions about the experience. So that's the second, not very mindful, healthy strategy, deletion. And then the last one is distortion. Distortion is changing an experience from what it actually is to some modified form of what it is. We perceive people, events and things based on certain aspects of the experience. So you might say, oh, that was just the worst vacation or that was the most awful yoga class or that was just the most typical holiday, nothing special happened, right? So this can also apply to how we understand people. You know, we could say something like, oh, that person is a slow talker, and then also believe that that means that they're a slow thinker. When we don't know that, in fact, it's just an assumption. So I'm going to kind of just kind of button up this presentation here. There is um, a follow up part that came. Uh, came along or came next in the presentation. And I am going to give you just a little preview of, of this and give you an opportunity to get on the phone with me and have me walk you through how to do this. So what I wrapped up this presentation with was a discussion of what's called the well-formed outcome. And the well-formed outcome is part of the neuro-linguistic programming, you know, kind of process of working with someone where you help them create a whole strategy for maybe reaching a goal, changing something about themselves. You know, maybe you want to eat in a more healthy way. Maybe you want to um, shift your relationships uh, in your life to to a healthier level. You know, for yoga teachers, maybe it's that you want to set some goals for yourself in 2021 that really allow you to achieve at a high, high level. And so at the end of this presentation, I walked the participants at the wellness event through what's called the well-formed outcome process. And I um, am happy to do that with you. So anyone listening who wants me to walk through this process with them and apply it to a personal goal you have for yourself, all you need to do is DM me on Instagram, and I'm happy to set that uh, session up with you for free. It'd probably take about a half an hour. What you would want to do is come to the uh, session with a goal in mind that you want to achieve, and I can walk you through the well-formed outcome process. What I want you to know is that working uh, a problem or a goal through a process like this is a very methodical, pragmatic uh, approach. And so, what you'll get out of it is you'll get literally a strategy that you can then walk away from our conversation and implement that strategy over the next however long it takes. But, you know, I think the fact that it's February 1st, it's a perfect opportunity to say, I'm going to do it this year. So, you know, I'm sure my Instagram handle is barebonesyoga. Just send me a DM there. And, uh, and let me know. And I'm happy to, to set up a free call with you. We can do a well-formed outcome process on whatever goal you have for yourself. And you'll basically walk walk away with the strategy to implement it. So I'm going to end here now. We've reached kind of the end. If you are still listening, I want to thank you for your focus and attention, your dedication to ongoing learning. I'll be back next week. Over the next couple of weeks, I'll be doing some more solo episodes. However, in the month of February, I do have a really special guest coming on board. He's a sports psychologist and I'm really excited to have him talk not only about the mind and the brain, but some of the other things around visualization, visualization for athletes, the nervous system. So that's an upcoming episode. He's a professor, a former professor at Boston University. And um, I think it's gonna be a really interesting conversation. So more on that in the future. Um, Of course, any questions about anatomy, any feedback about the podcast, please, please reach out and um, either contact me via email or via uh, Instagram and let me know what your thoughts are. If you have a suggestion for a future episode uh, in terms of the topic, I'd love to hear it as well. So thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week and i'll see you here on the next episode of conversations for yoga teachers namaste thank you so much for listening to conversations for yoga teachers i am your host karen fabian and i just want to remind you if you would like to get on the wait list for my two premier programs the Blueprint Learning Program, and my Mentorship Program, all you need to do is visit my website, barebonesyoga.com, and the links to get on the wait list for both of these programs are right on the homepage. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.